the tennis shoes did not make it. They, I, even today, I can't talk about it, but I, I had to throw the tennis shoes away. They were a casualty of the dump station. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories of adventures and misadventures in the U.S. national parks and public lands. I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Karen Smith. We are the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. In today's episode, we're stowing away the tent and climbing into a 19-foot RV for the very first time to tour some fantastic national monuments in Arizona. Well, we don't own an RV, or at least not yet, so we rented one. And let's just say it was a learning experience. We now know all about gray water and black water and why people put Christmas lights on the ground around their RVs. <laughs> we also talk about our hikes and other adventures in Chiricahua National Monument and the surrounding area. And you'll find out why Matt felt he had no choice but to throw away his tennis shoes. Yeah, I'm still not ready to talk about exactly why I toss my tennis shoes but our listeners could probably guess after hearing our harrowing tale. <laughs> we kick off the episode with our experience at a huge RV show in Kansas City, and we end with our mailbag segment where we answer a question from a reader in our Facebook community. You know what I want to do? What do you want to do, Matt? <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> I want to go to one of those big RV shows. I mean, one of those really big ones, you know, like Quartzsite or where it's like multiple days and acres and acres of RVs and just like go to every single booth. And, and that's what I want to do. Remember we went to when we were in Kansas City a couple years ago and we went to the RV show, how great it was. Yeah, that was fun. I remember we when we walked in, the one thing we wanted to see were those cute little teardrop trailers that you attach to the back of your vehicle. So we asked somebody, hey, you know, because it was a pretty big show, where are the teardrop trailers? And they steered us to the, they had like one, Yeah, but it was super cute. Remember that? And we yeah, loved I, it. <laughs> I do remember that. I remember how, how much we loved it, how mm -hmm. you imagined that we would be out in the wilderness and in our little teardrop and you're cooking dinner on the back and we yeah. would be in our lawn chairs out front. It was super cute. So it had what, like room enough for a queen size bed inside? Yeah. And that was about it, right? Yeah, that's all and, we need. and then the back doors kind of opened up and there was a tiny, not really a kitchen, more like storage for a right. kitchen, if I if I'm correct yes, on that. That's correct. And I think it sold for like, I don't know, ten or twelve thousand or something. And we just thought this is everything this is, we need right it. here. This, this is, is it. We should buy this. We should buy this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I think right next to it there was a little bit bigger one mm -hmm. and it had maybe Instead of just storage, it had some burn, uh, you know, a couple of burners, and and we looked at a a little bit bigger one. It had like a sink where you could put water. I think the bed was a little bit bigger. Maybe even had a a, a place to sit on the inside. <laughs> so that was we were there at the RV show, and that that's how we started. About an hour later, <laughs> I think you were. Laying in the king size bed <laughs> with your arms behind your head, and you were watching the big screen TV. Oh yeah, Price is Right was yeah. on, and you were like, "Could you, could you please open the curtains?" I, <laughs> I remember I asking the. Uh, I was eating a bagel because, of course, they right. had all kinds of free food. I remember You're asking eating. the salesman if. The kitchen, which was enormous, had a built-in blender so we could like make margaritas and stuff. Right. And it did. <laughs> yes. And so we went from the teardrop trailer to the converted city bus. Mm -hmm. It was the biggest with, thing I have ever seen. With a washer seen. and dryer and and blender and a king size bed. So that that went pretty well. <laughs> It's funny how, you know, you think you just need the basics and then you start looking and looking and like, oh, yes, we need that thing, too. Yeah, you have to have that. Yeah. Thing. We need a sauna. We need a steam room. Yeah, we need a walk-in closet. We don't need any of those things. <laughs> I need two dishwashers. Yeah, that's called home. <laughs> just stay home. Yeah. What, man, those were incredible. Yeah. The one thing we learned at the RV show was, and we, of course, we did this exactly 
wrong. Mm-hmm. Do not show interest in a unit ever because you will <laughs> you have you will have more salespeople on you. It's like ants to a marshmallow, mm-hmm. right? hundred percent. Every every time we looked at something and made a positive comment, there was somebody with a clipboard uh-huh. and a I think like a credit application. Oh yeah, in financing at the bank financing ready asking to go. Us questions. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your social security number? <laughs> we, yeah. We went into that big camping world exhibit where they had all their different RVs and we could not walk through that without two or three salespeople. Oh, like, they were like lined up. Following mm-hmm. us. Lo- and <laughs> one of them I asked, I said, because we always, lo- we love watching the television show, The Prophet. So we we know who Marcus Lemonis is, who's the CEO of Camping World. And I asked one of the salespeople, I said, is Marcus here? <laughs> and he got all worried. He's like, I don't know. Did, did you see him? Because <laughs> he, he flies into these things and he doesn't tell us and he just shows up. And if we're not selling RVs, we're in trouble. I said, well, you better. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's around the corner. Yeah, we were looking for him. We never did spot him, though. But I love it because there was one salesman that was standing right outside his his huge RV. And as we walked by, he was yelling to people, hey, who's ready to have fun? It's time to start having fun. And right. I thought, you know, I raised my hand like, I'm, I'm ready, ready to, have, to fun. have fun. And he said, okay, great. <laughs> Step right here. What's your social security number? <laughs> Come on in, lady. <laughs> yeah. How much is your current home mortgage payment? Do you have, how many car loans do you have? Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, there's, I, I would love to go to an RV show with you because I think they're amazing to look at, right? right. They're, and then they let you sit in the driver's seat and pretend like you're driving yes, one, you which was also get kind it of fun out of do. your system. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we'd be able to get that thing down the highway, any of those. All right. Well, that's, we're going to have to build a trip around that, going to mm-hmm. a large RV show. Right. Yeah. We'll put that on the list. You know, a question we get all the time, What's which that? is an odd question. We tell people, oh, yeah, years ago, we went to all the national parks and they always the first thing they say is, oh, did you do it in an RV? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a personal question. <laughs> well, it depends what the it is they're referring to. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> but no, we didn't. Well, I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to say that's that is we'll save that for Dear Robert and Suzanne. book, But <laughs> But we didn't travel to all the national parks in an RV, if that's what they're asking. We did not. No. No. In fact, we'd never been in an RV ever for any reason. But after years of contemplating this, years after we had gone to all the national parks, I don't even know how we got this in in our minds. Maybe we felt like, you know, the clock's ticking if... Again, if there's anything you really want to do, you better do it. So we decided we're going to rent an RV for a week. Mm -hmm. And we had seen on our parks journey, we saw all the time the cruiseamerica.com RVs on the road. And curse them. (laughs) <laughs> well, we cursed them because they were usually driving very badly, but and we were usually stuck behind them. Usually, but, <laughs> there's branches flying off the trees that they hit, and that's that. I'm not cursing the RV; I'm cursing the driver. Right, yeah. right. But we figured, so we knew that there was a rental agency out there for that very thing. So that's where we went. That was our first stop, is CruiseAmerica.com. Well, I figured by watching people drive these CruiseAmerica.com vehicles all over the country and literally like smacking into trees and stuff i figured like they'd rent one of these to anyone which i think they do (laughs) clearly that's for us (laughs) we're going there that's right so there's a rental agency in seattle and we stopped by about maybe six months before we did this, just to check out the RVs because we know nothing about RVs. And so we looked at the models that they had outside and there were like, what, four of them maybe? There were a few different Mm -hmm. sizes. We we mainly wanted to check out the size because we didn't know what, I I wanted the smallest one possible, Mm -hmm. but I also didn't want to like be sleeping 
in the driver's seat or something like something weird like that. So we had we wanted to check out the sizes. Yeah. So we walked through them and we decided on the 19 footer, which for two people was the exact perfect size. And I didn't even realize this until we we're halfway through the trip. But my Ford F-150 is longer than this, the, the unit that we rented. It's nice and nice and compact. And so we went to this art, this uh, dealership or this rental agency and went in the 19 footer and just was amazed. Once we went in, it's like the thing grew. Uh, it <laughs> seemed much bigger on the inside than a 19 footer. And we thought this is great. So that's we made a reservation for one in Mesa, Arizona. Right. We planned our trip for January. And so we wanted to go obviously someplace warm, or we hope would be warm. So Mesa is a suburb of Phoenix. So we plan to go to some national parks and monuments down in southern Arizona. We figured that might be a good January trip to do. Mm -hmm. There's not too many places in the United States in January you can go where you have somewhat uh, assurance of warm weather or some sunshine. So we did that. Yeah, so we flew down from from, uh, Seattle to Phoenix, spent the night the night before, and got to the RV place bright and early, yeah, literally yeah. as they were opening their doors on Saturday morning. That's right. And uh, they, <laughs> and they took us through the orientation, oh which, of course, uh, the first thing they do is they take your driver's license and your credit card number. <laughs> uh, and once they have that, uh, yeah. they, they take you through the orientation. I don't remember anything that he said during the orientation. You know, um, all I heard was generator and propane and and there, gray water and black water. I it just yeah. There uh, were a couple mm-hmm. of times where he said, "Make sure <laughs> you turn this switch and then this knob to the right, not to the left, and then turn this other switch back off. Turn on the engine for ten minutes. Stop it. Turn both switches to the right. Then go outside and open the latch. <laughs> right. And <laughs> and connect the yeah. hose. And do <laughs> so, but don't yeah. do this. Do I, not ever do this. <laughs> yeah. So all the don't ever do this parts. I like I, I don't remember any of those. I know. Um, I do remember he said he gave us this little blue thing that looked like a, a dishwashing pod. And he said, make sure you put this, flush this down the toilet before you use it for the very first time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of remembered that like a couple days later. <laughs> yeah, you did <laughs> that, after we'd used and it. And kind of panicked times. and had to like throw it in there. And then, yeah, I don't know, like a watch. And I thought maybe something should happen. But <laughs> anyway, so, so it pretty, pretty much as long as he had our credit card, he handed us the keys. Yeah. So um, let's describe what our little RV looked like. It was super cute. The bathroom was teeny tiny. You could fit your body in the door and then there was a toilet right there, a sink that was like the size of a cereal bowl. And there was a shower nozzle above the sink. So you could take a shower in theory, but basically it would get everything in the room wet, the toilet, the sink. I love the fact that, and you see these in European uh, hotel bathrooms mm-hmm. sometimes too. They have like a little rain hood over the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's going to do like, it. Good. Like that's going to yeah. work. <laughs> does, does that mm-hmm. ever work? Yeah. Because I don't know how you take a shower, but like water's going a lot of lot of places. It's it's flying from every angle when I take a shower. Yeah. So the minute I saw it, I already knew I was not going to be taking a shower in there. But fortunately, two of the campgrounds that we stayed in had really nice shower facilities. So it it wasn't an issue anyway. But then there was a tiny kitchen that had um, a little refrigerator. It had a microwave. It had a cooktop with a couple of burners and a sink. So it was very compact, had everything we needed. Um, well, we got the kitchen kit. Oh, that's right. We, mm-hmm. Which is like bowls and colander and mm-hmm. pots and silverware pans. and the dish towels. Yeah, bedding kit, which like mm-hmm. all give us. Yeah, we we need one of everything. Well, we had to because we were flying down, so there, we we didn't have any way to bring anything. So we rented that, which was great. It worked out great. And then there was a little dining area with um, you know, two bench seats and a table between them, and that folded down into a twin size bed. Not yes, it it did fold down to a twin size bed, but not quite like I didn't fit. <laughs> you mean lengthwise? Lengthwise, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's a little little shorter than I am, and I'm yeah. not that tall. Yeah, yeah. You fit just perfect. I did. There. I liked it. I just like the novelty of that. I'm, I'm sleeping on what used to be the the kitchen table. It's you just like not, that? I did. Because we could do that at home. <laughs> 
I could put I could put rails on our kitchen table. We could okay. rent out an entire bedroom at our house if you like doing that. Okay, <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, but thanks thanks for the offer. Well, make a uh, make a note of that after we record this podcast and uh, VRBO our, <laughs> our our master bedroom. Don't wife. mind she's, the woman sleeping on the kitchen on, table. She sleeps on the kitchen table. I never sleep, so I'll just be in my office. It's not weird at all. Okay. So where were we? Oh, and the other sleeping area is above the what is that? What are you even talking about? I'm talking about the other sleeping area. Where is it? It's above the the cab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like that was like a queen size, full yeah, queen size bed up there. Right. I, I I slept up there one night. Mm-hmm. You could fit two people up there, although the person that's furthest in would be trapped in there. You would never get out. Yeah, you you would have nightmares mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could get a little stuffy up there. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's like yeah. two feet of headroom. That's yeah, the problem. Not, no, that's, yeah. that's a one person deal up there. Yeah, yeah. If if I'm one of the people. <laughs> so that's pretty much the RV. But again, the, we did the we had to do the walk around. And that's when I I was looking for all the dents from the branches. Mm -hmm. I said to the guy, I'm like, we see people smacking trees all the time. He goes, yeah, these things are pretty tough. It looked looked pretty new, actually. It did look new, and it had a lot of miles on it. So anyway, maybe maybe people take better care of those things than I think. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So we're very, very excited. Put our luggage in the back. I think you put your luggage on like the banks. I may have just like thrown mine back there. We drive out off the lot and if like we were we were like two blocks away and shit was flying back there oh rookie mistake like like your (laughs) hair straightener came sliding up to like i think lodged under the brake of the truck (laughs) (laughs) so we had to we had to pull over Mm -hmm. rethink that so the best look rookie mistake but yeah we learned that lesson pretty pretty quickly we we were rookies so Mm -hmm. we were So then we had to go, we made a stop at a Walmart outside of Tucson because we had to get all of our food and beverages for the week. Yeah. We had to stock we up. To stock up. Mm-hmm. And stow that stuff so it wouldn't go flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was on the, when we first started, I pulled onto the highway and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go the minimum speed, get on the right hand lane, just go slow and take it easy or all week long, I'm going to drive this thing just super easy. That lasted about two miles when I realized, like, I, I can't do that. So pretty soon I was passing people in this thing. Oh, yeah. You were you are a speed racer in that. <laughs> yeah. So our first uh, destination for that night was a monument that we'd actually never heard of until we started researching the area. And it's called Chiricahua National Monument, which is located in the southeastern part of Arizona. So we basically drove to Tucson and then headed east from there. It's a beautiful area, the Chiricahua Mountains. Oh my gosh, it's, it's a gorgeous. historic area. It's where, was it, Geronimo had hidden from the U.S. troops for a while up mm-hmm. in there because they were just... The rock formations are similar to hoodoos, not exactly the same as the hoodoos in Bryce Canyon, not the same color, but very unusual rock formations, tall rock spires. And so there's a lot of history around the Indian Moors. There's yeah. a fort fort close by there. Any, anyway, it was a beautiful park. We we got there late in the day and went to the visitor center. Mm-hmm. We did. We uh, checked in with the ranger to find out. Find out about hikes and get all the information before we went to the campground. And it's a good thing we did because she told us about this really great hike there. Um, But to access the hike, you have to catch there's a 9 a.m. shuttle that the ranger drives everybody up to the the top of the Wonderland of Rocks. So we're really glad we stopped in because we were able to put our name on the shuttle list. And then she was she would pick us up in the campground the next morning. Yeah. So that was that was great because it eliminated a lot of uphill miles. As oh it turned gosh. out, the hike was pretty long, and it was good. There was still some uphill because it wasn't just a straight downhill shot from the the top of the park down to the visitor center. Anyway, that that was uh, yeah, we got that, and we also learned that there are four different species of skunks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Uh, and in Chiricahua National Park, they have all four species of skunk. 
I and know. So that, I was very excited about that. Yeah, you were you, you were, were, a little less, you were overly less, excited you were about less that. excited about that. Well, I was especially less excited about because after we got to our campground, which is called Bonita Canyon, we met the camp host and he told us that he warned us about the skunks and told us not to go outside at night without a flashlight because people trip over the skunks. When you heard that, you you were thinking like that that's the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not, not something bad happening to me ever, <laughs> but like tripping over a skunk would be in the middle of the night would be worse. And of course, if you tripped over a skunk going to the bathroom, like then you wouldn't have to go to the bathroom anymore. Well, that's true. It would take care of that it problem. It would take care of that but, problem. Yeah, no, thank goodness we had a bathroom in our RV yes. because I would never <laughs> go out there at night knowing that the skunks come out at night ever. I think he was just telling you that to see what your reaction is although i do think they're i think they're nocturnal i don't know if all four species are nocturnal but yeah but yeah we get we drove over to um bonita canyon campground and it was my first opportunity to back the rv up Mm -hmm. i'm used to having a backup camera so you know i'm pretty pretty lame when it comes to backing (laughs) up my own truck and who saved I'm the not, day? I'm not real good at backing up, even with the backup camera. I'm the first one to admit that. But who saved the day? Yeah. So <laughs> you had to get out and direct me. So you go back to the back where we're our target, where we're going to try to put the RV. And it, it was fine. I, I could see in the rearview mirror. But you kept wandering and disappearing well i had to look at all the angles so you didn't go into the ditch on the other side i know but you the 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 thing is like when you wander away i don't know like whatever hand signals you're giving me (laughs) once you've wandered off like i'm not getting so you have to if you can't see me in my rearview mirror i can't see you and and the hand signals i have to say and we wrote about this in Got one of our books. What what book was it? Uh, Dear Bob and Sue, season three. Season three. So we wrote about this in season three. And I'm not like, I didn't make this up. You were doing this thing with your fist. You would you gave me a fist and you would move it in circles. Yeah, it's a steering wheel. <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> Turning that the is steering not a, wheel. That is Hello? not a hand signal. That is a universal hand signal for, for turning, turning a steering wheel. <laughs> okay, I don't. Do you turn your steering wheel with a fist <laughs> and which direction would that be whichever way my fist is going okay, is the well, direction you were supposed to go okay, the other I, it was your so other simple. hand was pointing was, to the trees it was so simple. and i don't know what that meant and then you disappeared so anyway we, it took us a few tries what i like about that little incident the best is it's like as soon as we're finished okay it's close enough we're i'm turning this engine off we're 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 there i i turn off the engine and i look up and through the, through the windshield i see gary the camp campground host mm-hmm. he's he's on his bicycle like sitting like 10 feet in front of our truck just looking at me like like <laughs> you're a complete idiot <laughs> <laughs> Which is I'm sure he's seen fine. a lot of things as like campground host, but he's probably get in line. Not. You're not the first person who thinks I'm an idiot. So mm, he's he, probably he, not. But then, then he told us about the skunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was- so we were able to reserve this particular campground online ahead of time. Not every campground that we went to during this trip had reservable campsites. Some were first come, first serve, but this was one we could reserve and. The other thing we learned when we got there, which wasn't even on our radar, is that in this particular campground, there are no hookups. We didn't even really know what a hookup was. Yeah. Well, we thought we knew. Yeah, but, but it's not. We, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not that. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is that, but, but not. In, yeah. Now people have no idea what we're talking about, but you, you, you can't hook up electricity and water or anything like that to your RV. You're just. Right. You're just standing alone there. Yeah, you're using, if you want to use your electricity, you're running the generator. Yeah. And you're using the water that is stored in the water tank, you know. Yeah. It had a heater. So the, our first night, I don't know, the sun went down at like, you know, it's January. The sun went down at four o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. And finally we read as long as we could read. And so we get in bed. I slept in, in the area above the cab. And you slept down on the little 
twin bed thing. And I remember thinking when I was like getting up, climbing up into that thing, I thought, boy, I, I hope I don't like trip on my way down in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and like step on your face. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you and me both. Which at like two in the morning, like I <laughs> almost did that. I mean, like I caught myself at the very last second. You didn't know this. So now, you don't, you don't. Yeah. It's hard to get up and down in that Especially cab area. at two o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. when you're tired and you're not really sure where the heck you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's... And that, after that, we switched. Yeah. I it, slept it up cold. there. It cold. We ran the... I think we ran the heater the first night. Mm-hmm. It When it kicks on, it makes a loud noise. And it's a good little heater. It warms up the place fast. So it goes for like two minutes, warms up the place and kicks off. And then just as you... Almost fall asleep again. Not quite to rapid eye movement sleep. It kicks on again. It scares the shit out of you and then wakes you up. And this goes on all night long. Yeah, pretty much. So. But note to self when we were planning to go to the desert in January, it gets really cold at yeah. night, even in southern Arizona in January at night. So you, ab- we absolutely had to have that heater or we would have frozen to death. So the next morning, 9 a.m. sharp, the ranger picked us up in the van and the park was not crowded. There were only two other people in the van with us, but the van only holds 14 people and they only do this hike. They only do this where they drive the van up there September through May because it's too hot in the summer. So she took us up to Echo Canyon and dropped us off up there. And then we hiked all the way back down to the visitor center. We took a lot of detours on that hike. It's actually called the Big Loop Hike. And when we got back to the visitor center, we'd hiked for 10 miles. Now, there is a different version of this hike where you can pretty much go straight from Echo Canyon down to the visitor center without taking these detours. And it's about a four-mile hike. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I just have to say, I think Chiricahua is like a hidden gem. Hidden gem. Yeah, beautiful rock formations. And Mm -hmm. we also had a a beautiful day for it. It was sunny and, and I mean, it wasn't warm, but it was probably, you know, high 40s, which is just mm-hmm. perfect when you're hiking and oh, yeah. working we, hard. And we hardly saw anyone else on the trail the entire day. So the next day we we packed up early, got out early mm-hmm. and headed towards Catalina State Park, which is where we were uh, spending the next night. But on the way, since we had gotten out so early and can't check into the campsite till mid-afternoon, we stopped by Swaharo National Park. And again, beautiful weather, planned on doing a hike there. And the great thing about this 19-footer is we just pulled right into the visitor center parking lot at, this would be the east unit of Suharo National Park. And we just parked right in a normal parking spot, opened the doors and the windows and sat there at, at the little dining room table and had lunch. It was it was great. It was great. And it was fun for us because we hadn't been there in, I think, eight years since we yeah. did our first um, parks trip. But it was a beautiful day. We hiked and um, and then we headed over to where we had reservations at Catalina State Park. So that is just in the northeastern section of Tucson. And this, when we got there, it was like... I don't even know how you describe it. It was like the luxury it was of the RV big leagues. RV big leagues. Yeah. It was. And we're here in our 19 footer. I think I heard laughing. Yeah. I when think we, so. we pulled in, we pulled in and I don't know, we were in like loop A or something. Mm-hmm. And we go drive through the whole thing looking for our spot. And I backed it in. Now, I didn't need much help backing it in because this, this paved spot was huge. It was. And our tiny little mm-hmm. RV was pretty puny right there but we d- it did have hookups it did we we had electricity and water and i mean you should have seen the setups for some of these other rvs they were huge they and were big people had out awnings and chairs and all yard kinds, art yeah yard art signs with their names on it it was we've never seen anything like it before you should tell everyone what we learned because mm-hmm. okay so before we mention that one of the things you did which is a great idea, which I supported. Which you brought Christmas lights in my suitcase. In your suitcase, mm-hmm. and so we put these Christmas lights around the outside, kind of up above, like you would on a house, on the RV, uh, and and had those ready so that we could show everyone we wanted to be festive. But 
than you learned. Yeah. So we were sitting outside. Uh, some little chairs came with the RV. So we were sitting out on these folding chairs having a beer and a, a couple of really nice ladies walked by and they stopped to chat with us and they looked at our Christmas lights and they said, oh, hey, you guys, you're supposed to put them on the ground around your RV. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. I know. Whatever. Until they told you. <laughs> yeah. Until they said, because it keeps the rats away. Yeah, so I I think it I think there the that sentence was not fully complete before you got up oh. and started mm-hmm. arranging the Christmas lights around the base of our uh, RV. Yeah, so what is and it they won't step I don't over know the if light? That's true or not, but a lot of people do it. They full-time RVers, they take mm-hmm. rope lights. Mm-hmm. And they circle the underneath of their RV and supposedly rodents and critters won't cross over the lights and what sometimes happens if you don't have these animals like to get up in the engine and they just they just mess with the engine they'll Mm -hmm. they'll chew through wires and make nests in there and stuff they're not supposed to be doing so apparently this is i don't know if it's a old wives tale or if it's true but yeah but you have like the benefit of now lighting up your rv in a very festive way Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really matter if it works yeah it kind of made us look like we knew what we were doing even though we had no clue (laughs) now we're rvers we got we got the lights underneath that's right and so our uh, campsite backed up to sort of this wilderness area at catalina state park and there were hundreds and hundreds of swaharos and we walked up there as the sun was setting and it was absolutely beautiful it's such a pretty state park yeah we got a lot of Photos right at sunset, uh, maybe even too many because you you ended up having to walk through the Swaharos after the sun had gone down and it was pretty dark and it was still warm enough that the rattlesnakes hadn't hibernated. So I was pretty sure that I would have to, like, after you got bit, I would have to carry you, you know, like in the, what, what's what's the movie, True Grit, where I'd have to car- run carrying you back to the RV and. Hope you didn't lose all of your leg. But uh, yeah. anyway, well, we we did that. And then we, we, I don't know what we did for dinner that night, but again, we get in bed and we switch this time. You, I slept on the small one down below and you, you slept in the big one up, up over mm-hmm. the cab. I, I don't know why we switched. Because you didn't want to climb down to have to go to the bathroom. Oh, that's right. I didn't want to step on your face. And it was maybe 730. It wasn't late, although we were, had been in bed for 45 minutes. <laughs> There were these coyotes start yipping and howling. Oh, God. They could not have been 20 feet away from our side door. I know. It was really creepy. Yeah. They were looking for all the small dogs that uh, the RV owners hadn't put away for the evening. (laughs) So that was uh, the first night. So we stayed there a couple nights. The next day, unfortunately, uh, some clouds come in and windy conditions but we wanted to do a hike anyway we hiked romero canyon Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a beautiful hike we didn't quite make it to the canyon because we'd hiked about gosh maybe an hour an hour and a half and there were storm clouds threatening and the wind wind was blowing like crazy we we felt like we had to just get off the mountain yeah because we were in a very exposed area and we saw some lightning We, we decided it was time to get back down to our rv fortunately the storm never never materialized. A lot of wind. And so about an hour after we were back at the RV, I figured, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this sometime this week. So I might as well go to the dump station. <laughs> now in in hindsight, mm-hmm. I don't think we needed to do the dump station. No. But what had happened it was like was, day two. It was day two. I don't know what you were doing in the bathroom, but I didn't do anything in the bathroom that that I was concerned we had to get rid of. I'll just say it that way. I don't know. You spent a lot of time in there. and No. But the gauges, I think they had faulty gauges because the gauges were telling me like the gray water was almost full and the black water was like half full. And I thought, well, we're not going to make it to the end of the week, so we better do the dump station. So I think your comment was, okay, I'll just sit here in the folding chair (laughs) in the windstorm 
You go. You go on to the dump station. I did not and, think that through. Come back and and tell me how it went. So they're like, no, you're you're going with me. So we pull up, and it's the dump station in this particular RV loop was right at the very front. So everyone mm-hmm. in the place can see what you're doing. I have no clue what I'm doing. Like I said, when I did the orientation, I don't remember what he told me. I kind of knew that you connect the hose here and you open this lever anyway. But when we when we get there, I pull up so that where the stuff comes out is as close to the the dump hole. See, even just describing it's a, I know. a, a bad. It's... I'm I'm getting yeah. <laughs> uh, flashbacks. So I knew there was just like lax that you had to open, and so I take the hose out and I'm getting ready to connect it to this this hatch, and stuff's dripping out of it. Ugh. And I'm just thinking. Well, maybe, you know, there's a little bit of a leak. There maybe there's a little bit of moisture behind that hatch. And I just open this thing up and connect the hose and whatever. So I open the hatch and like there is contents be behind the hatch that comes shooting out. I think you had already like walked about 100 yards away and were, I don't know, had like a handkerchief over your <laughs> face or something. No, I was taking photos of you so I could document it on social media. Anyway, there had been a leak, and after I got over that and I tried to keep breathing through my mouth, I got the hose connected and <laughs> opened the levers in whichever order they're supposed to and hosed everything out and put the <laughs> put the septic hose back in its home. And <laughs> we, finally, we, like, we made it back. Wait, wait, wait. Can I just say, I still don't understand to this day. So I, I understand why you would wear gloves, 100%. But you had safety glasses on, <laughs> <laughs> like from your shop. Safety I glasses. I still don't get that. I wear safety glasses often. Because you were afraid, like, some splashes. Some... Okay, well, <laughs> you, <laughs> you got to be prepared. Okay, I still don't get it. <laughs> All right. Well, you had a handkerchief over your face, right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why you would need that a hundred yards away. So I could smell. You it. could just give me a break on the safety glasses, but uh, I'm. I'm I well, think you I, did I think a great I job, threw Matt. The safety glasses away after that. <laughs> I think I left. I think I stuffed the gloves into the glory hole and then left. Or yeah. So, so we would go back and. You was, immediately went to take a shower. Oh, like, yeah. Immediately. Like, I, I grabbed like a clean set of everything and went, took a shower, took my flip flops with me so so that I could, you know, stand in the public shower. And I came back. <laughs> I came back from the shower. It was a nice shower, though. Yeah. The they was, have really nice showers there. FYI. And I come to the RV and you're you're sweeping out the RV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were like very energetic. Tidy. You're cleaning up. I think that's the second time I've seen you uh, tidy up anything in our 38 years of marriage. No, I come back to the RV and you're sweeping it out. Mm-hmm. And I knew what you were doing. I like <laughs> as soon as I saw what you were doing, you had the door open. You were sweeping all the, the dust and the crumbs out. And you said, there we go. We're all we're all cleaned up. <laughs> And you were thinking that, like, okay, you went to the dump station and Um, I swept out the RV. We're even. Right. Well, we each have our chores to do. And I felt like I, you know, I contributed to to my half of the chores. We're still not even. (laughs) And this happened years ago. We will never. No, we're not. Sweeping out does not make us even. But you said, well, why are you still wearing your flip flops? Mm -hmm. Where are your tennis shoes? The tennis shoes did not make it. The, the tennis shoes, and I can't, I, even today, I can't talk about it, but I, I had to throw the tennis shoes away. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, they were a casualty of the dump station. I had a pair of hiking boots with me and flip-flops. That That's all I needed. The tennis mm-hmm. shoes are, were gone. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because after the dump station incident, I posted a picture of Matt at the dump station on our Dear Bob and Sue Facebook page. And we got hundreds of comments from people about that. And so a lot of RVers chimed in on that. And most of them said, which we didn't know going into it, that you're not supposed to poop in your RV toilet. 
or, well, or they don't anyway. Right. But then we had, and I think this was somewhere where it was a post where other people could see their comments. Then we had a whole bunch of people said, no, you absolutely do. That's what it's there for. And this was kind of like this, like, bicker session <laughs> uh, you know poop or no poop and like, i i don't i don't know what i don't know what was going on in the bathroom but i didn't poop in there no i didn't either okay. so I, I don't know what the issues were at the dump station for you I'm but it should have been pretty that, clean should have been clean as a whistle i'm starting to think that maybe it wasn't 100 percent clean yeah maybe not when we pulled away but anyway I, I, i'm i'm not saying that's true i think the gauges were not correct we didn't really have to do the dump station. So that was great fun. Karen wanted to have egg salad sandwiches for lunch that day. <laughs> and I, I still don't know if that was a joke or not, but like I still I, don't think I you ate the rest still, of the day. To this day I've not eaten egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> uh, so the next day, I think that night we even drove to the local chilies in our rv because it's we have margaritas after the dump station situation we did but first we stopped by the walmart had to buy a new pair of tennis shoes mm, you bought new tennis shoes and a whole bunch of little 50 cent pies that was i was so excited about the, i was i was more excited about 50 cent pies than i was about getting a new pair of tennis shoes and getting a new pair of tennis shoes it's a big deal yeah. <laughs> like and so it was bonus day so I, it was a good it was a good rebound for after uh, dump station day after our walmart stop we headed north to casa grande ruins national monument uh, we stopped there for a tour and to check out the place it's a very very cool national monument just what it's between tucson and phoenix it's a beautiful site mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of you know i mean not a populated area i mean there's there's civilization close by mm-hmm. but the casa grande ruin itself is really pretty incredible it is it, it's definitely worth a stop we really um we thought it was fascinating and then after that our destination after that we wanted to see tonto national monument the following day so we were staying at lake roosevelt national recreation area now they have about a half a dozen campgrounds but none of them take reservations it's all first come, first serve. So I was a little nervous about, because we had no idea how crowded it might be. I was a little nervous about what if we got shut out and couldn't find a, a campsite. We were a little concerned about that. So we went to the visitor center, the information center that's, cl- that's close by there. And we asked the lady, you know, are there any campsites left available? I don't think she understood the question. She looked at us like, <laughs> well, yeah, like every single campsite in all of our camp grounds is open because no one in the right mind would camp in this cold weather and it was windy and uh-huh. so she's like yeah just choose one and pay at the little at the little station that's mm-hmm. at the campground yeah so we chose the closest one to that visitor center which was windy hill campground and gosh we were there were probably what two or three other rvs there. by the time yeah by the time it was like nighttime mm-hmm. and ready for bed Mm-hmm. It, the place was deserted. Yeah, there was nobody, nobody there. Yeah. And there were no hookups at this particular campground. So I don't know. I just remember it being kind of creepy. We we were limiting the use of our generator because we didn't want it to, I don't know, can a generator run out? Is that what happens to a generator? You- no, it was, no, it was that we were limiting the use of the heater because the heater did not use the generator. It used the battery. Okay. <laughs> so I had a battery and mm-hmm. yeah, you could run the battery down you just have to like turn the engine on to to recharge the battery but any, anyway we we didn't didn't use the mm-hmm. heater as much as we probably could but probably because we hadn't had rapid eye movement sleep in three <laughs> nights and so it's like just i was ready to pass out yeah anyway it was dark and cold and windy and desolate and deserted and it was kind of creepy we had originally thought we would stay two nights there but after you know, being there for an hour, we were like, hell no. So we actually had internet service there, which was surprising. So I remember we both got online to try to find a different option for the next night, somewhere else we could stay. Yeah. And we should say that the campsite in those campgrounds, the, they're not bad campgrounds. It's just in January right? when the wind's blowing and it's mm-hmm. cold and there's nothing else to do around there. It wasn't Someplace we, you know, we would spend a lot of time. Oh no, I'm sure but, in the nice weather, it's absolutely beautiful. The right. lake is pretty. I yeah. mean, yeah, and the, it's Tonto National Forest right there, so it's it's beautiful. So the next day we went and 
visited the mm-hmm. Tonto National Monument, and mm-hmm. that was that was great. We went to the the, the lower cliff dwelling, and but it was t- it was time to move on. So we mm-hmm. we went to Lost Dutchman, <laughs> right? Got- and Matt had made the reservations. He had found the, this place. It's a state park, and he kept calling it Little Dutchman. And so he was telling me as we're driving in the RV, he was saying, look up the directions on your phone so you can direct me. And I'm typing in Little Dutchman and nothing is coming up. (laughs) So we finally figured out after like half an hour that it's called Lost Dutch Man, not men. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking it was called Old Dutchman. (laughs) Little Dutchman? A lost, lost Dutch, Dutch man. man. One, one man. One who's guy lost. got lost. Yes. One man okay. who got lost. And he wasn't old and he mm-hmm. wasn't little. Well, no. it could have been. And it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a bunch of them. <laughs> right. It was just one. Right. One guy. And mm-hmm. and apparently for whatever he was famous for, he got a campsite named after. He did. He did. And it's a beautiful campsite. It's just um, east of Phoenix in a s- suburb, but it's right at the base of the Superstition Mountains. It's ab- it's absolutely beautiful. So we stayed, stayed there mm-hmm. uh, a couple nights. That, and the last night, I have to say, I thought going into this trip that it would be a fun experience, but it was it would be like, check the box, we're never doing that again kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And the last night, while we're eating all of our groceries, because that's what you do the last night, you can't take anything with you so you have to stay up as long as it takes and eat everything including <laughs> all the 50 cent pies that were left over it was a smorgasbord uh, and, and cleaning out the rv for, for the next day because we had to turn it back in the next day and catch a plane it was kind of sad packing up it was sad i wasn't I, ready to go no. i like i could have kept going mm-hmm. i loved it it was comfortable and I don't know. It's, it was easy. It's, sometimes when you do something that maybe is new or difficult, you think at the end, well, that's, that was great, but I don't need to do that again. And then, you know, a month or two later, you think, well, maybe we'll do that again. I, When we turned that thing in, I was ready to go again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when that will be, but yeah, I would do it again. I would absolutely do it and again. And I would rent that's- a cruiseamerica.com again. Yeah, yeah. I, we thought the whole thing was a really great experience. Yep. A lot of fun. So on Mailbag today, we're going to answer a question that we got from someone who follows us on Facebook who has read our books and read about the RV experience. And her question is, which did you like better, camping in an RV or tent camping? Well, like all answers, it depends. Mm-hmm. I like the RVing. I did too. I could do it again. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you can't take an RV to the top of Sahali Glacier. That's the downside. Right. And mm-hmm. you can't take it to up over the Chilkoot Pass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that said, if the choice was you're going to a campsite and the same campsite, you can either pitch a tent or have, have an RV. I, I would choose little... 19 footer. Yeah, because I mean, for for a lot of reasons, first of all, there's zero setup. You know, every time we camp, you got to put the Christmas lights around the bottom. Yeah, well, setting up the tent and the cots and the schlepping all the stuff. I mean, it is a lot of work for Matt. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot of work for you watching me because sometimes you get tired, tired and want me to do it faster. It's like, why? Why aren't you setting this stuff up faster? Because right. I'm I'm ready to move from this bench over to my chair. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, we've tent camped before when you know it's been pouring rain and windy and freezing. And boy, when you're in that RV, you know, snuggled in a blanket, when turning the heater on and out of the wind, I mean, it, it's very comfortable. Very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's just because we're soft, but. Well, we are definitely soft. But as Matt said, the downside is where to park it and where you can camp. Because when we were looking for the that last campground in the Phoenix area, when we stayed up at Lost Dutchman, there were very few options that would take an RV and that had space available. 
Um, so, it, you know, if you tent camp, it seems like you have a ton more options than if you're parking an RV. Right. Well, that's also, though, January in southern Arizona. That's where all the RVs are at that time of the year because they all go south. And right. So it gets gets a little crowded. Um, right. And, it yeah, it does limit the, the number of places you can mm-hmm. find. Right. And also, if you're in parks and wilderness areas, there are also fewer roads you can drive on in an RV, obviously, than if you have your your truck or your car. Uh, so it, not just the camping part of it, but it kind of limits some of the places you might go during the day. Yep. Although we've seen people take those big old bus RVs on roads that mm-hmm. I'm not sure my Ford F-150 is going to go over and they're taking their RVs. So maybe people who drive RVs all the time get used to it and, and they they know where they can take the RV. Yeah, I don't know. I would say that the answer depends depends where you're going. Mm-hmm, definitely. But uh, I think renting an RV for a week is a great way to check out the whole experience. See if you like it, see how it is to drive, what the campgrounds are like. We learned so much from that. Right. Uh, we learned a lot. And now we're not such uh, newbies the next time we rent one. We won't make so many embarrassing mistakes. And we met the nicest people the RV community is nothing but helpful, right, to any newbie. And we we got so much great advice, um, both in the campgrounds and online. And so, you know, we, we learned a lot from the RV community as and well. And I don't know how they could tell that we were newbies. <laughs> Whether it was the backing up. Or the- <laughs> our little, little starter RV. And mm-hmm. had no clue what we were doing. Right. They were yeah. they were very kind to us. Yeah. Oh no, we've been doing this for years. <laughs> <laughs> now we 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 choose to back up poorly. That's anyone could back up straight. <laughs> oh. If you have a question for us, you can send us an email to Matt and Karen Smith at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. Go to facebook.com slash Dear Bob and S, or you can find us on Instagram at Matt and Karen Smith. We'll review all the questions that come in, and we'll be answering some of them in our mailbag segment on future episodes. To see pictures from our RV trip, go to www.thedearbobandsuepodcast.com and click on the title for episode five. There you'll find the show notes for this episode and links to other information. If you're enjoying our podcast episodes, Matt and I would sure appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps more people find our show. And to those of you who've already given us a rating or a review, thank you so much. It means the world to us. If you have a moment, please consider sending this episode to a friend. The books that this podcast is based on are available on Amazon.com. Just search for Dear Bob and Sue. You can also find the audiobook versions of our books on Amazon, Audible, or just about anywhere where audiobooks are sold. And you can also find more information about us by heading over to DearBobAndSue.com. Our show is produced by the Miracle Workers at Puddle Creative in Portland, Oregon. Our artwork is by the designers at Expert Subjects, and our theme music is by Will West. We'll see you on the next episode, and until then... Here's to new adventures and yes, new tennis shoes.